Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Just how bizarre was this past year within the Denver Broncos? Does your wife have to clean up after you? No, I clean up after my wife. Because you are a mess. You are a mess. You are. Like, how can you not pour your little vitamin C, one of those uh, emergencies? Mm -hmm. How can you not pour it all and make it in your water? You spilled half of it on the table. did not spill half of it on the table. You just, did. There was a little bit of dust, and I blew there it off. There was not a little bit of dust. There was a lot of dust, and most people would wipe it off with a rag, especially when you almost got suspended for eating in here, and now, <laughs> so and now you're doing that. We got video cameras in here, you know. They'll go back to the videotape. Just how bizarre was this past year? I don't want you to year? get suspended. That's why I'm just looking out for you. Go ahead. Sorry. Just how bizarre was this past year within the Broncos? Stoke, we didn't know this was coming, but we wake up this morning. There is a full-blown expose from The Athletic. Three separate authors writing about not just... There was a smidgen of... The start of it was the departure from Seattle, which is making headlines, by the way. We were just in a commercial break. We have two big screens out in our common area. One of them's on, like, FS1. The other one's on ESPN. Yep. And the headline on FS1, Russell Wilson tried to have Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired before being traded to the Denver Broncos. Watching ESPN, bottom of the ticker, Russell Wilson tried to have Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired. That's what it. That's what was reported uh, in this story. This is a real report. Um, this is not, you know, and, you know, we talked about this very briefly, but I think there is a certain a contingent of Broncos country that is just like, oh, another hit piece on Russell Wilson. Okay? I mean... Right. Three, it, three authors. That's crazy. Yeah. This this is this is a deep dive. This is kind of, you know, different from the charity thing, which was a, a six-month deep dive. This is, again, just another thing with Russ that is being... Um, having light shed on it. I guess is a, a, a way to put it. Yeah. So, some of the stuff that we're going to go over here in this piece, we either knew about or maybe guessed was happening, but we actually have uh, legitimate, you know, journalistic reporting on it now. The first thing that's snagging the headlines is it was talking about the uh, the fractured relationship between Seattle and Russell Wilson, and the article says, "quote Wilson and Carroll had clashed in recent years over the quarterback's role in the offense." and the overall direction of a team that had gradually declined after back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Convinced that Carroll and Schneider were inhibiting Russell's quest to win additional Super Bowls and individual awards, Wilson asked Seahawks' ownership to fire both of them, according to league sources. Wilson had a preferred replacement in mind, Sean Payton who had recently stepped down from the New Orleans Saints. Your quick reaction to that. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. And we know that, um, we speculate and kind of, 
you have a working brain here, you 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 figure that he forced his way out of Seattle, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what happened there. They they didn't want to uh, move on from him. It was a it was a perfect match, but things started deteriorating, and my mind goes to okay, would Russell rather, rather finish his career in Seattle or somewhere else? Probably Seattle, right? Where he's just a, a legend and just his brand is is so great and but. Time had run its course with Pete Carroll and John Snyder. Yep. So do I think he made that type of move to ownership and tried to spell it out that way? Now, yes, I do. Do I believe that he said fired? Yeah, I need them fired. Maybe he didn't say fired, but I believe that he tried to make a power move there. Right. And it didn't work. And they stuck with John Snyder and Pete Carroll. And then that's when Russell, you know, ultimately decided that, okay, I'm I'm out of here, and this is going to be my last year here, and I will be looking for a new football team. Russell Wilson denies his report. He tweeted at uh, before six thirty in the morning, six twenty six a.m. I love Pete, and he was a father figure to me. And John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. End quote. Okay. Um, the, the the phrase I was looking for at the start of the show was a uh, plausible deniability. I think I said something just yeah, just just, way just butchered and yeah. you're no compass to to lead me. No, uh, I thought it was in the great. Right I thought it was great. I was giving you I think I said on it. culpability, deniable culpa, something yeah, stupid. You were way off though. Dan Jacobs texted me plausible deniability. There you go, Dan T. And 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 if Russell Wilson never actually said the words, "Hey, I want these guys fired," maybe that helps him send out this tweet. But it doesn't mean that the spirit of what he was trying to accomplish wasn't to ultimately remove Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Well said. There's a lot to this piece, and we'll begin to go through it here. The Athletics, uh, Kalen Kaler, Mike Sandow, and Jason Jenks reporting or authoring this piece from The Athletic. They were talking about Russell Wilson's people in the building. It was, we didn't really know exactly who was in the building. We, right. knew, we knew the quarterback's coach was, but it turns out, according to this report, it was Jay Keeps, the quarterback's coach, Russell's nutritionist, and Russell's physical therapist. So three people on Team 3 had a regular access to the building. The article says, quote, the setup was unprecedented for both players and coaches. A member of the 2022 Broncos coaching staff said, quote, no one else I have ever been around has ever been able to have those people in there, which looking back at it, not a good idea, end quote. That was a member of this past year's Broncos coaching staff. Yeah, that, uh, that makes sense. I mean, we, we talked a lot about it. It's, it is very unusual to have those people in the building, whether it's, you know, a couple times a week, you know, every day, whatever the situation may be. That's, um, you know, I've been around some of the best and one of the best ever, uh, Peyton Manning. And it was just him. <laughs> it was just him. Just showed up and just worked. Um, he didn't work with the coaches from the team and the. Yeah, just in the training staff and the, you know, whoever the team employed uh, was just what he, you know, was about. It wasn't about finding his own guys to bring in. And, you know, maybe he worked with some guys in the offseason, some sure. different guys, sure. right? Sure. Uh, which a lot of guys do. But during the season, you usually work with the team staff. Uh, and you know they have they had Broncos have a nutritionist yeah shout out Brian bam you know Brian yeah yeah a little uh, bit 
Yeah. He's a listener of the show occasionally, I think. Ah, not sure about that, but shout out to him. Yeah. Um, and they got him on the staff. Like my, he was there maybe the year before me or the year I got there in 2012. Um, and he does a great job. Right. And they got a great cafeteria. And so That's what work, everyone they, says. They work with, I, I didn't get to eat in that one. You know, they redid it after. But, they, you know, so whatever you need, whatever you want, like, you just bring it in there. So you really don't need a nutritionist in the building. That's kind of odd. Um, like your own personal one. Like if right. you want your chef or whatever cooking meals at home, that's fine. But so that's odd. Um, certainly, the physical therapist thing um, for me. Okay, I, I can I can see like if you have someone that you've been working with that you feel like knows your body, right? That can just get you to play at a high level. I can I can go down that road. You know, I can see it like okay. Um, you know, you're coming from Seattle. You got a guy that you just love, and he's going to keep you in top shape. And uh, and you've I, been nothing but available. So, right. you know, th- yeah. that's kind like, of an easy sell if it was just – if it's just one thing, and that's the thing with Russell. If it's just one one of these things, it's not – but it's all of it. Right. It's like it's not just one person in the building. It's you and three other people that are your staff. Um, it's different. That is different. Yeah. The nutrition. I mean, not the, the the physical therapist in the building. Now, Tom had his guy Guerrero, mm-hmm. right? And then Bill ended up kicking him out of the building, mm-hmm. right? Like you're out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not having that anymore. Uh, because what happens is, guys, other guys start going to that guy. They stop listening to the training staff, and they stop listening to the doctors, and they start listening to that guy. That's what happens here, right? Uh, Oh, guys always want second opinions, and if you got your PT in the building, and oh, if it's good enough for us, it's good enough for me. So where do you start going? You start using that guy, right? right? So you have that kind of um, dynamic that will happen in a locker room, in a building, and coaches and organizations don't like that. I don't like another guy separate from the team like giving you medical opinion, and that's what would happen in these situations, um, especially with young guys and older guys, everyone. So that's different. I don't mind it for us, though. You know, it's like, okay, we're trying to get him to play at a high, high level. He's got his guy. Okay. Different, though, yes. We're reacting to the piece from The Athletic by three different authors that was released early this morning uh, detailing uh, the exit from Seattle with new information uh, that Russell Wilson allegedly, according to this report, that, by the way, is, they, they you know, for, you probably even heard this, like, for a good sourcing, they say, like, you got to have, like, two sources, to report on something like with conviction. That's like the old like True, ju- huh? journalistic. Let's go with one, get one, bone, <laughs> whatever. So like the old journalistic, like, you know, right thing to do is have two different sources that sure. can, before you report on something, they, they, they have over 15 players and coaches. Three, three authors. So they did. I mean, this is a deep dive. It is. I mean, it's like, it is. It's like the thing we got a couple of weeks ago on the Why Not You Foundation. Yes. I mean, it wasn't like a, I mean, that was like a year's yes. worth of work that that guy put in. And this, he, this, this is three authors like digging in this thing, 15 sources. Yes. I mean, come on. And, 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 and before we move on with, with the, what else this piece had, I want to address this because I, I, and I saw this this morning from someone like, Everyone, like, leave Russ alone. Like, leave Russ alone. This is from someone who actually covers your team. Like, leave Russell alone. It's like, the, remember that girl? Like, leave Britney alone. Like, uh, when, Free Britney? Br- when, when Britney Spears yeah. is like, it's like, this, this is, you know, hit piece. You know, let Russell live. You do not have this report if you do not have as many people willing to speak to you. You have over 15 players and coaches. 
Yeah. That are willing to dish on Russell Wilson. That's the question you should be asking yourself. Right. And not not why are they writing this report is why are so many people willing to, to, to speak to you? And when things transpire the way that they've transpired the last year. Yeah. And you're given all these extras and it doesn't work out and you play the way that you played. If Russell dealt this year and just was awesome. That, there wouldn't be this article. It's a non-story. There wouldn't be this article. That's no right. one would care. That's right. Right? Uh, about what happened in Seattle and, and, and then what's going on here. But the problem is he's not playing well. And, you know, you're, you're really starting to see the real Russ and what really goes on behind the scenes. And and so it's uh, to me it's, it's fascinating. It is. Uh, it, it is. It really is. Uh, the question, though, going back to, you know, nutritionists in the building – and, you know, I don't know how much you're in the building, right? Your quarterback coach in the building. Your physical therapist in the building. Sean Payton? None? Zero? You get, you get one key card. That's for you. Mm. I mean, I, th- I think he's already made that clear. And this, and this, all this context, and we're going to still get into it, like, it just makes it even more crystal clear. The next, let's actually keep going, okay. because, because what you're saying is right now is striking a nerve, like the very, like, central nerve that is this article. Um, what was one of the main sticking points this year that Russ had in the building? The main, his office? Yes. That was like a big, like, Russell's got his own office. Opinions varied on it. Yeah. What, I, I, I didn't care. I didn't think that was a big deal. I don't like the people in the building, really. Um, overall, but the office, like, okay, but, but, I, didn't, but you, I didn't really care. But we brought up something that the office could do naturally. And I broke that news. What's that? Oh, that he had the office. Yeah, yes, you did. That? Yes, you did. Show. yes, you did. I'm the one that did that. That was like in August. Give me some. Yes. No, that's right. That was like back to training and camp. And spoke on it like the that's next right. day. That's right. And confirmed it. That's yeah, right. Confirmed okay. Confirmed my report. I love I, it. I only had one source for that darn thing, too, and I still <laughs> ran with it. <laughs> but if it's the right source, if it's the right it's source. It's solid. It's solid. Okay. Okay. This article from The Athletic talking about uh, the office. They said, quote, but from the outside, the existence of the office worked against Russell Wilson when his on-the-field play failed to measure up. And the location of the office, this will bring back some memories of conversation. Okay. The location of the office was on the facility's second floor, where Broncos coaches and executives also worked. Created an unusual team dynamic. One coach said, quote, the players were always on the first floor. They never really came up on the second floor. If you came up on the second floor as a player, it honestly wasn't a good thing because you were probably getting released. One offensive player said Wilson told teammates he had, quote, an open door policy with his office, which to another coach seemed problematic. So are you a coach or are you a player? The coach asked. Your open door should be you sitting at your locker, end quote. When we talked about the office, the office unto itself, like from a pure utilitarian, right. if you're going to be there so much grinding, okay, have your own space. But it creates a separation from you and 52 other guys in the locker room, like a physical separation. And therefore, you cannot connect with them as people and as teammates if there's a physical separation. Yeah, exactly. So where do you go during lunch? Where do you go? You know, you're in your office. Yeah. Like, okay, well, that's good. We like you watching film, but you need to connect with your teammates. And so there's always there's already a divide there, it seems, right, with mm-hmm. Russ and connecting with his teammates. Mm-hmm. We hear it from his former teammates in Seattle. Right. We're not making this up. No, no. So, there's more than one or two. Right. There's a bunch of them. So, there's, he's, so now if you have your office, that's where you're going to be spending most of your time. 
and you become more of a loner and more um, separated yeah, from, just, from yeah. your guys, from your teammates. Secluded. Exactly. And that's not a good thing. So uh, that's um, – it, it actually breathes life into the narrative that's already living. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and even if the intentions behind it are good – the the the, uh, the dividends could spit out something negative. Right. Yeah, there's also you know it's a good thing that he's in the office and working hard, but there's also a negative aspect that of that where he really needs to improve on. Yep. It's just connecting with his teammates, and you know the the, the coach did say you know I I, I didn't like going up to the second floor because that's kind of where the coaches are and the general manager and stuff, and I didn't I'm not dealing with those people, right? I'm not uh, you feel uncomfortable for the most part yep. walking up there, um, but it's not. I mean. Guys go up there to talk to their coaches. You know, I mean, like, you'll go up there to talk to your coach every now and then. Um, so it's not you don't only time you go up there is if you're getting cut. Uh, but it is a little bit different, Russ having an office up there. It would have been better if it was down on the first floor, you know, by the meeting rooms down there, or whatever the case may be. Up there, you're even more alone and even more secluded, and more guys wouldn't go up there because it is upstairs. Right. You follow me? Yeah, if it sure, was right downstairs, sure. right, like, right. okay, during lunch break, let me go hang out with Russ. He's right there. I'm not going upstairs. I don't yeah. want to see any. I don't want to walk by coaches. Right. You know, I right. just had to drop past today. I just would prefer not to even see any of those guys. Um, so I think that made it worse being upstairs by some of the other coaches' offices. How about this? Here's like almost like the second chapter to this specific um, um, section, and I'm going to skip ahead in in the article because they said after the firing of Nathaniel Hackett. According to team sources, and we're quoting this piece from The Athletic just released this morning by three different authors working on it, um, doing a deep dive on this past year, the bizarre inner workings of the Broncos of 2022. They said, according to league sources, or excuse me, according to team sources, Broncos leadership initiated a conversation with Russell Wilson to talk about changes needed to salvage the end of a lost season. Team leadership brought up Wilson's office and support staff, and the quarterback agreed to remove his staff from the building and no longer use his office for the final two weeks of the season. Jerry Judy is quoted in the article and said, quote, I didn't feel any type of change other than that, other than he'd been in the locker room a more lot. He was in there a lot more now because he wasn't in the office. And the locker room, a lot, not more a lot. Um, you're just throwing words. In Sorry, there. I didn't feel any type of change other than he had been in the locker room a lot. Yes, there you he go. He was in there a lot more now that he wasn't in the office, end quote. Tells a lot. Exactly what we were talking about, right? So when you're not in your office, what are you going to be doing if you don't have that office to go to? You're going to be with the guys, yeah. which is important. And team bonding and team building, you're the quarterback, you're the captain of the ship. You can't be by yourself, alone. You need to be with the guys. Uh, that's a big part of it. And so it seemed like taking out, you know, if you don't have your PT in the building, if you don't have your quarterback coach in the building, if you don't have your nutritionist in the building, and you don't have your office, what are you going to do? You're going to hang, right? You're going to be in the training room. What do you do in the training room? You get a little treatment and you bust chops. And that's exactly And you right. have fun. That's exactly and you, right. you know, you talk smack. And and so, but you 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 know you build bonds and relationships in there. So um, that's a good thing, and that's the, so that's that's really enlightening. There um, it is. What who is team leadership? So, Broncos leadership initiated a conversation with Russell. So you're who going, is leadership. You're Zach? going right to where I wanted to go. Oh, okay, because Hackett's already fired. 
He's gone. Okay. And I'm not considering Jerry Rossberg to be Broncos' leadership. He no, had, he had Jerry, joined, he Jerry had, would not have been in that no, conversation. He jumped on a moving train during a season. He did a great job, though. He did. He did a brilliant job, Zach. Did, brilliant he job. He did a very good job. We love you, Jerry. Jerry was competent. That was refreshing. Jerry was special. Put, put a little bit more. I'm not liking how you're just throwing off Jerry like that. Put a little bit more respect on that, Zach. Jerry Rossberg is a trivia question in Broncos history. Yeah. And he deserves Legend. credit for that. Legend. That should be Greg Penner's first statue, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to make that put. Let's get a, let's get a uh, petition going. <laughs> um, who is Broncos leadership that sat Russell Wilson down and initiated conversation that had him get rid of his support staff from the building and remove the office? Pretty simple to me. I mean, it's two people, really. I'm guessing the initial was GP. Uh, yes, exactly. Double. And those are the two people, Yeah. right? Yep. I think it's probably both of them. And it could have been just one of them with the direction from the other one. Right. Or just one of them just saying, get out of my way, George Payton, Greg Penner, me, I'm taking over this. I'll handle it. Or you go handle this. You need to talk to him about this because this ain't happening anymore. I can't right. believe you allowed it to happen to begin with. Right. So you're going to be the one right. to go so tell him. So you go tell him. Yep. Or both of them could have just sat him down and just had a good conversation. Hey, it's just not a good look. It's not working. We need to remove this stuff. Russell did it. So there was no, like, real pushback. So to no. give him credit here, like, if you give and you give and you give, and you're just like, hey, yeah, whatever you want, red carpet, red carpet, red carpet. Well, what's the guy going to do? What's your kid going to do? He's going to take advantage of it. Right. Right? He's going to continue. Like, sure, yeah. But, you know, at a certain point, you, you, you realize that, hey, no, we're done here. That's not a good thing. But him being okay with it and not like crying and pouting and you know putting up a fight that's a good thing to me i think that's a positive so like we are here and a lot of this is negative stuff yep that's a positive right uh i think it's a positive but i don't want to get carried away with giving russell wilson credit because at that point with two games left in the season his equity was almost at zero and the team is telling you the leadership is telling you to knock it off. You're not in a position to dig your heels in at all. Like, think about this. You could have been a little crybaby, a little pouty baby about it. I mean, okay. like, hey, guys, I need this to help me perform. I need to get back on track. I need this guy in here. Like, how do you expect me to go out there and play well when I don't have my group with me? They're a big part of me having success. Like, you could have put up a big fight about it. Yeah, I, I just don't think it'd be a good argument. Because no, you, I don't you, you had all that stuff for us, and there's two games left, and you're sitting on 12 touchdowns. I don't so, like. I don't clearly either, not but, working. Uh, listen, Russ doesn't think like we think, Zach. Okay, uh, obviously okay. he okay. does a lot okay. of different okay. things, right? Sure. And so, sure. Um, like okay. he, he's got a different mind. That's fair. He put out a hype video after the season, Zach. He, he did. Okay, he did. So, um, you know, how many games did they win? Five. Five. Yeah. Would you put up out a hype video after the season? Would not. That's what I'm saying. So, for him not to put up any kind of fight here and just say, okay. Let's I give like him it. a little I like credit, it. I like Zach. it. I like Let's, it. I like come, it. Come on. It's Friday. Be, be nicer. That's so mean. Uh, not, not, just mean. Not being mean. Bad I just heart. don't want to misappropriate credit for removing stuff that I just... That it's on ESPN right now. Russell it is. Wilson's tweet. It is. Talking it about is. Pete. Pete was a father figure. Oh. Um, okay. Man, this is... Wow. This thing is un- unbelievable. Wow. I just can't believe all the stuff in this. The thing is... We're about halfway through it. Wow. We're about halfway through it. Remember State of the Union Tuesdays? Oh, gosh, yes. Is there stuff in there about that? Hang tight. Wow. Hang tight. 
Take a dive into it next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Well, I just heard the news today. Seems my life oh, is going to change. change. Gonna change. I close my eyes. We're reacting to, uh, and we're going to shift gears here. And uh, pray. Shortly here, uh, but this athletic piece that was detailed, lengthy, three different authors taking a dive into some of the bizarre dynamics uh, in Denver. Um, Matt Smith is with us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Before we shift gears and uh, f- put our focus on the avalanche here, but w- what, what are your what are your takeaways uh, from this uh, sort of expose here? You know, it didn't really seem like anything we didn't know before, right, guys? I mean, this is kind of everything we knew here in Denver. I mean, yeah, he tried to get Pete Carroll fired, but is that really a surprise? You know, it really seems like... But isn't that a piece of new information? I didn't think so. Is it? Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I mean is <laughs> yeah. it? Like, yes. Like, yes. To, to me, well, I mean, to you me, it spe- seemed like you that was pretty obvious. I, I, think, I think you could have speculated it, Matt. If it was obvious, but, you should have reported on it, Matt. But, no one reported on this. But it wasn't, it wasn't put out there, I think, is, is kind of like you could like deduce it right but it wasn't like written well when it came down to the fact that he had been requesting a trade out of town for the last several years and it was kind of a me or him situation i feel like in brady henderson's piece he kind of laid the groundwork for this and yes okay while it wasn't entirely shocking to me i guess it is a little bit interesting that he did try and get him fired but at the same time that's kind of what i expected so honestly i'm not all that surprised by it russ in seattle they were going two different ways right i mean he was trying to be the mvp and be in the conversation as one of the best quarterbacks in the league and pete carroll was just trying to keep everything on track and russ resented him a little bit for that i think it's pretty clear now i i I do think it is interesting though that all of these pieces are coming out after the season i mean this guy's just getting dragged through the mud left and right is it it unfair no i don't think so that's what happens when you talk a lot and he did last year coming into denver the four lombardi trophies on the cleats i'm always working and when you constantly you know hype it up and you fall so short of expectation it's not really all that surprising when people laugh in your face and and people want to out you for you know not being the guy that you're representing yourself as being yeah and and i think that was well said matt because the reason and i saw some uh, two things here i want to address you know the reason that this piece runs today is because so many people are willing to participate in it Mm -hmm. they had over 15 players and coaches willing to participate in this piece and that kind of tells you a lot. And in terms of, you know, uh, we kind of knew all this stuff. And I've seen a couple of people say that on social media as well. Like, we did not know. And, and, and you kind of framed it like, well, you could kind of speculate that that could be the case. But we didn't know that he tried to get both Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired. We, we did not know exactly who was in the building uh, on a day-to-day basis. Now we do. And Nathaniel Hackett took all the brunt of the countdown to play clock. It turns out, according to this piece, and we didn't get into it yet, but the plays were getting in with 20 to 25 seconds left on the play clock, and it was Russell who couldn't get it right. And we didn't know that. And Hackett, I mean, got you're talking about getting beat up. Yeah, he got I dragged. Mean, yeah. He got and dragged think, for think that. Think about it real quick. So I don't mean to cut you off, but it just kind of, then we went to the wristband. 
we started going mm-hmm. to the wristband, right? Yes. And was mm-hmm. that one of the reasons why? Because Russ couldn't spit the play out or whatever the case may be. And it wasn't really Hackett. It was more on it, it was it was more on Russell. And 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 then they get into the coaching search, which we haven't got into yet, and they they well, it's it's I, I found it fascinating, um, and it brings clarity to, to your point, Matt, maybe some things that we might have speculated, um, but are just now crystal clear when you got over 15 uh, players and coaches on the record, three different authors. Um, okay, Avalanche, uh, wh- where are we at as they pick back up here? They've been off. Hey, help me out with this, Matt. Why mm-hmm. have they been off for such a long period of time and then turn around and have as many games crammed into the next month as they do? Because the NHL schedule makers just all together, these guys don't know what they're doing. When you're talking about all across the league, it's not just the Avs who have to deal with some weird scheduling. You see it all across the league. But the Avs schedule this entire season has been like this. You'll remember opening night. They raised the banner. They had the cup ceremony, you know, home against Chicago. And then literally right after the game, they were out the door on their way to Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. That it, They've kind of put the cup champs at a disadvantage and said, okay, prove it. And I've always long speculated that the Avs don't have many friends in the league office. There's a lot of rulings that happen where I always feel like they kind of get the short end of the stick. And I felt like when I saw the season schedule come out this year, these back-to-backs and certainly this stretch of games caught my eye because coming out of the all-star break starting with that three-game roadie where you're at pittsburgh at tampa at florida that's that's Mm. that's putting you behind the eight ball but guys i think they're in a really good spot i do matt um looking ahead we got about a week or so i think before the trade deadline what should the avs do should they be aggressive do you have a name or two that you think that they should go out and get Oh, I absolutely think they should be aggressive. I mean, your window is open now. If you look at the age of some of the older players on the roster, Josh Manson, 31, right? Landeskog, 30. Devontae's 28. You don't want to be sitting here in three, four years down the line going, man, I wish we would have actually gone for it when we were had our window and we were all in. And, yeah, I know we had some injuries, but at the same time, we were right in the chase for the number one seed in the Western Conference, which they are, by the way. That's something that everyone seems to forget when they talk about well the abs are you know playing desperate and the abs are you know yada yada and it's like guys they're six points out of first place in the west like we can all take a take a breather here they've got three games in hand and yes i do have uh, several different names we've got to keep our eyes on patrick kane yep there are conflicting reports right now about hey maybe something happens here in the next 24 hours but there's another report that's saying well kane hasn't made up his mind yet because similar to the way claude Giroux had it structured Last season with the Flyers, Kane has a no-movement clause. So he holds all the cards. If he wants to go anywhere, it's up to Luke Richardson, the general, or Kyle Davidson, excuse me, the general manager, to actually get things done with one location. Otherwise, Kane can just stay and then hit free agency this summer, which I think is, as we move closer, is not out of the realm of possibilities. There's a few other names out there, certainly, but if we think back to last year's trade deadline, guys, Arturi Lekkonen came out of nowhere. That wasn't a name we were talking about, and I think we're going to see a lot, very, very similar uh, um, trades happen this season. I was reading this article yesterday. The Avs general manager, Chris McFarland, did an interview with Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic, and I think he sandbagged him a little bit. He's talking about, well, our asset pool isn't what it was last year, and maybe we'll make some you know, fringe moves. But if you look at this Avs roster, 
sure, they could make a fringe move or two, but that's not what they need. They need another top six forward, a guy who can mm-hmm. drive the offense on the second line. And, and I, I do anticipate them to make a big swing. But the issue here is Gabriel Landeskog and if he is going to return before the end of the regular season. Right now, he's on long-term injured reserve as he's working his way back, which means his cap hit is not on the books, and that's $7 million. Now, if they decide to put Eric Johnson on long-term injured reserve as well, that takes his six million off the books. Now you got thirteen million to play with. But if Landis Scott comes back, you still have six. And I think that allows you enough flexibility to legitimately swing big. And the one thing I can promise you is the abs will not sit on their hands with this cap space. We're talking about Nat Smith, uh, who for my money follows uh, the Avalanche as closely as anyone uh, in this town. He's on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Before we let you go, Matt, uh, Kale McCarr, a second mm-hmm. concussion, two concussions in 11 days. We mm-hmm. talked about it uh, over the last couple days. Should they shut him down for the before the playoffs? Um, Stokely suggested that. Um, what's your concern level, your general concern level, and do you think the Avs could win a cup without Kale McCarr? Hmm. General concern is, I don't know, like a five. It was really unfortunate, the second one. It was really unfortunate. He's trying to separate man from puck there, and he kind of got caught on a bigger guy, and he just got punched in the face. It was a tough It was a tough visual, right? But it was the right move to put him back out there. Now, what the wrong move was was to bring him back out in the same game. I thought that was a little silly. Even if Kale said he was okay, they were already up 3-1 to one at that stage. I didn't really understand that. But moving forward, I think you probably give Kale the weekend off, which they will, and then you revisit things tomorrow. I just saw a video of him skating down at Family Sports. Guy looks fine. I, I, I'm really okay. not all that concerned about hey, Matt, it. But just real quick, like if he gets another one, now you're like almost in a Tua situation where, man, you got three concussions in, you know, I don't know, three, four weeks. Like, so what are you going to do, you... not play the one of the best players in the world? No, 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 no. That's why I say, hey, let's just let's be very cautious and let's just wait to the playoffs uh, type. Nah, of, that, that's kind of where I'm at. No, no, nah, okay. no. Nah, nah, just let it ride. Just okay. let it ride. If he's if he's you're if he's gambling better. It is a gamble, but you know what? I mean, look, if he were to get the third concussion, then at the very same time, you know, you got all summer to heal up from that. For for me, for my money, honest to goodness, and I understand your point. I mean, if you look back to Bo Byram last year, it was certainly a concern, but Kale will be fine. Okay. I'm, I'm not super worried about it. It's part of the game, right? I mean, sure. if you had two concussions, Stoke, in the course of a month, would you want to sit out the rest of the season? Wait for playoffs. Um, Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you get, Maybe. You getting a check? <laughs> Am I still getting paid? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'll chill. Exactly. I'll, chill. I'll, chill. I'll well, see you, you in the playoffs. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, obviously, Kale well, ain't doing that. No, I That's all you. I got to tell I, you. I, I mean, you. the Avs are right now in competition for the number one seed in the Western Conference. They're trying to make the playoffs. If Kale looks the way he looks right now and he's out there skating with Darren Helm today, I have I, I have very little. Con- You're right. I mean, yeah, you get another concussion. It's a bad. But you know what? That could happen anyway. So I, I, don't, I don't see that as a deterrent. The Avs need him on the ice, certainly. And, I mean, look, if you, if you hold out Kale, do you know what you have to do with Sam Girard? You have to play him more minutes. And that's never anything you want to do. <laughs> Your hate for Sammy G is rare. Uh, 30 seconds or less, what uh, version of the Avs do we get tonight in Winnipeg? This will be a really good game because this is a potential first-round matchup with the Winnipeg Jets. I expect a very rested and hungry Avalanche team. Winnipeg has struggled a little bit here of late. I think this is a gettable game for the Avalanche, but I expect a tight, contested game, potentially even an overtime affair. All right, Matt Smith, uh, appreciate you on a Friday, man, and we'll uh, do this again soon. Thanks, Matt. All right, sounds good, fellas. Take care. All right, there he goes. That's Matt Smith on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. 
this piece, I want to circle back to this piece from The Athletic, who describes, they said, just about everyone who spoke to The Athletic, they said over 15 players and coaches, painted an atmosphere of confusion and uncertainty. And we'll take a dive into why coming up next. Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Zach. Station, 104.3 Just The Fan. Should know. What's going on, mama? Something just dawned on me. I ain't been home in some months. You're like a you're you're a full vocalist today because because we got some good songs. Man, like I, I remember singing once or twice. You just get all flustered over there. Then here you are going like full blown karaoke on a Friday. You know what this is? No. Good one. You'll like this one. Put that one in the, on the playlist. Reacting to this piece uh, from The Athletic about Russell Wilson and the bizarre dynamics at play here in Denver this past year, they talked to, uh, they said, over 15 players and coaches that participated in this piece. Uh, A lot of information that um, we had speculated to be true, Stoke. A lot of information that we knew to be true. And there's, I think, three or four layers of new information. I think one of the, the, the key sentences that stuck out to me this morning is they said just about everyone who spoke to The Athletic painted an atmosphere of confusion and uncertainty in Denver. And the more we know, the lines were blurry uh, between uh, players and Russ, between coaches and Russ. Do you remember the State of the Union's? Yeah, that was like on uh, the day off. Day off, State of the Union, come to Russ's office and yep. let's, um, you know, watch film or whatever the yeah. case may be. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, was, it, was, it was like Russell's preview of the week. And this article says, quote, early in the season, without much Denver film to go on, Wilson occasionally showed clips from his time with Seattle. One offensive player said, quote, it was kind of like going down memory lane with stuff he'd done in Seattle. It was very strange some weeks, end quote. The article says Heaps, Wilson's personal quarterback coach, participated in the Tuesday meetings. Receiver Jerry Judy said Heaps would, quote, do the slides and voice his opinion from time to time, end quote. Again, kind of a, 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 a little layer of new info that Jake Heaps was a part of these Tuesday um, State of the Union's and, yeah, yeah, just too much. Just too much. Just too much. Too many voices. Like, everything is new, and we're trying to all get on the same page. That's why I like what Sean Payton said, um, you know, I think it was to D-Mac and Cliss. Yep. When asked about it, it's just like, no, 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 that no, wait, what? You know, no more coaches in here. That's not going to be happening. Like, if you're not part of this staff, that's it. You can't have all these different voices, especially that's not part of the core coaching group, talking about anything right you don't want that right all right now you got different opinions you got guys talking behind the coach's back well we like what jake heaps i mean <laughs> it's just a recipe for a disaster it really I mean, it's just is a disaster and that's kind of what it turned out to be um so yeah it, like lack, it, maybe maybe lack of awareness from russ though also just showing his seattle stuff 
But at the same time, if you don't have a lot of tape to go on, you say, hey, you, you put up the Seattle right, play. Right, this is what we're trying right. to do right here from Seattle. So I don't know. It depends on how much he would put it up for me. Yeah. I, I don't want to read too much into it because if you're trying to install a play yep. okay, that you haven't run before, you go back to some old film. I mean, we would do that when we were with the Broncos, watch some of you know our old stuff with the Colts and stuff like, okay, this is what we want to run right here, double under, look at these two guys get their depth. Sure. This is how it's run. Sure. You know, because you don't have any film to go off of. That's so, fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really mind that too much. Um, but again, because, according to one of his teammates, it was very strange some weeks. Sure. So again, like that's like a you know, un- unprompted quote. Like this is, this is, you know, someone saying it was very strange some weeks. Another offensive player said of Jake Heaps, the, uh, Russell Wilson's quarterback coach, quote, he wasn't a distraction, I don't think, but it was weird that he was in the middle. One coach reviewed some of the scouting reports Wilson and Heaps handed out on Tuesdays. The reports were thorough, and the coach said, uh, uh, they were thorough, the coach said, but there were instances where he didn't agree with their evaluations. Another coach said Heap's presence during the season created, quote, a conflict of influence. Who did Russell Wilson listen to? Heaps? Hackett? Quarterback coach Clint Kubiak? Too many cooks, the coach said. Exactly. Which is kind of just sounded like you just know. Exactly. Look, I mean, you have one group of coaches that are doing it one way and are are in meetings all the time talking about how they're installing things, how they're talking about things, how they want Russell to work and reads and progressions. And then you have Russell and, and Jay Keeps that are kind of doing their own thing and, and looking at film and, and visualizing other things and thinking about other things. Right. And it's just that's not that's not how it's too hard to win. It's too hard to be successful offensively when you have all these different voices going on. And so we don't have that anymore, though. That won't be happening. Um, that won't be happening anymore, which is a great thing. Thank I mean, goodness. just a, what a, I mean, I, the, the, like in five years when we look back, we'll just laugh like, oh my gosh, can you believe they did that? I, I, can I you hope, believe they I had hope you're that. right. I hope can you believe, yeah. can you believe that, um, you know, uh, all of that was going on and all of that happened in 2022? That it was just a complete, utter disaster and failure on so many levels. One coach, according to this report in The Athletic, released this morning, three different authors. Quote, one coach said Wilson added cadences in games that the offensive line hadn't practiced much during the week, leading to communication issues. The Broncos had the second most false starts in the NFL, and the coach said leaders on the line eventually pushed back on the changes. When Russell Wilson would be like, hey, we're going to do this, they'd be like, hell no, the coach said. Okay, that's that's just confusing to me because um, I, I don't know exactly what they're talking about. You know, when they say he changed up the cadence, like, I don't know how you change up a cadence. Like, you work on something during the week, and then, you know, that's what you do on Sundays. So I, I, I've never been a part of something like that. And maybe during the week you're trying to change up something for some reason. Yeah. During the week of practice. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh can you read that to me again, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it said, uh, to, 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 um, one coach said Wilson added cadences in games that the offensive line hadn't practiced much during the week, leading to communication issues. The Broncos had the second most false starts in the NFL, and the coach said that leaders on the line eventually pushed back on the changes, pushed back on the changes. When Russell Wilson would be like, hey, we're going to do this, they'd be like, hell no, the coach said. So it says, you know, added cadences in games. 
that the offensive line hadn't practiced much. So they practiced a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just really that that to me just throws me off completely. I'm just I'm just really confused. Um how do you add cadences in the game? Yeah, I don't like know. just something that you didn't work on. Like you have a cadence. That's what you do first day of training camp. That's what you do the first day of Austin. You work on your cadences, right? Like a down set, hut hut. You know, that's on one, on two, three is gonna be you know, that's what you do. And you know, can you have a spin-off depending on if you're doing silent count and, and, and certain things? Yes. But um you don't all of a sudden just start something new during a game. That's I, I don't. That's very confusing to me, and that might be one of the reasons why you know they were so bad with with yeah, penalties right, and right, false starts right, and right. things like that. So that's um, that won't be happening with Sean Payton. No, once again, right? We got a grown up in the room. We got an adult that will be handling these situations. It won't be Russ's call, and so that's one of the reasons why you hired Sean Payton. Uh, last piece here before we uh, move on. Uh, this piece said Russell Wilson has hired a new publicist uh, okay. to help him with his image that suffered through a difficult season. So Russell Wilson has hired a new publicist. Um, whatever that looks like, I have no idea. Good or bad? I I I I, I don't think it's maybe either. How my, many publicists have you had? <laughs> absolutely zero. I mean, Stoke. <gasps> Like, a publicist isn't going to erase your 16 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Like, you played bad football. Like, the publicist on social media isn't going to fix what was actually put on the field. The only thing that's going to fix that is you. Yeah. Um, I hope the publicist can, you know, be real with Russ. Mm. That that would make it a positive. You hired a new publicist, and they're like, and and Russ's camp is like, okay, you ready to put out this hype video of the 2022 season? You know, the day after they see, and the publicist says like, hell no. Like, shut up with that stuff. That ain't going to fly over here. That's a bad look. Take that back to the, you know, drawing board. It's a good point. So hopefully that's what this new publicist can do. Just be real. Keep it real with Russ and his crew. It's a really good point. And maybe to that point, we haven't heard much from Russ. Yeah. Maybe the new advice from the publicist is just lay low for a little bit. Let's see what happens then. Yes. Love it. All right. You ready to play some trivia? Today? On a Friday? We have trivia day? Yes, oh, sir. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> it's coming up next.